BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. What a day. So it is Tuesday the 13th. I just went on Good Morning America. By the way, thank you for all your support. I feel really bad about the fact that I said that Almond Joy meant that it was over. I've never had an Almond Joy. I'm going to try an Almond Joy this week. I'm sorry, Almond Joy. I feel really bad, but I mean, it was necessary because like there are just better candy bars out there and chocolate bars. Anyway, to move on from Almond Joy... So it is 12.48 p.m., now 12.49 p.m. on the 13th, which means in just a few hours, it will be, Mercury will be in retrograde and Mars will also continue to be in retrograde, which means that we'll have two planets in retrograde by the time that you are listening to this episode. It's not great. Um, There will be communication issues. There will be technology malfunctions. Just kind of ride it out. We're all in this together. And now I'm going to go through your questions before we listen to this episode with Hunter March, who is the co-host of Ease Nightly Pop. Someone wanted me to talk about not being sexually compatible at first. And if that is a deal breaker, I really strongly, strongly need you guys to know that that's not a deal breaker. And many cases, I it has taken a while for the sexual compatibility to become a thing. In fact, I actually think that if you're really sexually compatible in the beginning, you're less like over time, you get less and less sexually compatible. Whereas if it's something that you build over time, it's truly a wonderful thing. And then you get to, you get better and better together. I think that the only way to really understand your compatibility is to communicate about what you need and what you want in the bedroom. And I suggest doing this from the first time you have sex with someone, given that, you know, you want to either a continued sexual relationship with this person or relationship in general, because you are not going to get what you want sexually or be pleased sexually if you're not explicit about what does it for you. And we have to keep in mind, like everyone has a different thing that they like, you know, like I know girls who really like getting like when guys go down on them. I know guys who need their like balls held in order to come. Like everything is totally different. And I think you have to tell your partner what your thing is. Otherwise, how would they know? Another subject you wanted me to talk about is anxiety holding you back from dating. This is a very real thing. And I have friends that suffer from real dating anxiety and they just they get so scared. Like, what if I'm on the date and I don't like them? I don't know how to get out of it. Or even just like, what if I really like them and they don't text me? And it can be a really crippling experience. And the way that I used to do it or deal with it rather was I used to smoke weed and like would get drunk and high and like kind of forget if a date went badly, which is not what I would suggest at all. If I were doing it again and dating sober and a date went badly, which by the way, I did date sober after my ex before meeting my boyfriend and had some bad dates and you know, had some anxiety around the idea of dating. 
But really, I just kind of like faced it head on. And if something was giving me too much anxiety to do, like I wouldn't do it. And if I was in a good peace of mind, like place, you know, mentally, when I had a date, then I would go on it. It's like, we never have to put ourselves in these horrible situations unless we don't feel like there's a way out, which there always is. You can always reschedule that date. You can always, you know, take a break from dating, but dating anxiety is a very real thing. And there, like, you just have to try to stay in like your wise mind and not get too emotionally charged by the whole thing. Because if you think about like the facts, like, Hey, I'm going on this date and if it works out, cool. And if it doesn't work out, cool. Like I am not bothered either way kind of attitude. And the reality is like, what is meant to be for you will be. And not to overthink that is the only way to really date and to go into it thinking like, maybe I meet a new friend. Maybe I don't, but expectations will lead to the anxiety. And then also like if your anxiety comes from texting with this person after the date, that's a big reason why I don't initiate texts and things like that. Because I really feel like my anxiety is through the roof if I'm initiating a text with someone that I'm dating and they're not responding as opposed to them reaching out so that I know every time they reach out that they're interested. Someone said they were in a pretty manipulative, toxic on and on relationship throughout college. They've moved on and they now have a great partner of two years. However, they find themselves having trust issues and getting insecure with them for no reason. I understand it's from my past relationship and it's not fair to do to my current partner. It happens mainly when I drink, I'll get mad and cause fights. So first of all, you know what I'm going to say, maybe cut out the alcohol if that's an issue for you. But secondly, I think this is really something where therapy just totally comes into play. We we struggle to heal from these past traumas. And you know, I spoke about this on a few episodes back about all my trauma And it's very real. And the only way that... And by the way, it still comes up in my relationship today. I will get kind of flashbacks and and find myself thinking about my partner as if they're going to hurt me in X, Y, and Z way. And like, it's not true. Or even talking to my partner in like a way that I felt like I had to defensively talk to my ex, if that makes any sense. And... It's just, we carry these things into our relationships. So we really have to take a step back and say, you know, what is my partner showing me right now? Is he showing up for me? Is he there for me? Is he giving me any reason to worry? Or am I doing this thing called self-sabotaging? And if I am, what can I do to stop this? Because it's a really bad thing. And, you know, therapy, again, best resource, but also maybe a gratitude journal, maybe you have to do meditation, like whatever makes you get back to a place where you feel centered and good. Sorry about that. I was just listening to my very erotic Dipsy story. If you haven't already heard of Dipsy, it is all about your sexual health. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. So you never have to be alone. You never have to look at porn if you don't want to. You can simply keep it classy and listen to these relatable stories. You're going to feel like you're right there. The voices are so sexy. There's new content every week. Maybe it's, you know, getting closer with your Pilates instructor or your trainer or I don't know, someone that you walked by on the street. You'll never get bored with Dipsy. And because I want you to, you know, get in bed and start pleasuring yourself ASAP, Dipsy is offering you a 30-day free trial when you go to Dipsy.com 
stories.com slash Acme. D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. Enjoy. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. Uh, Losing a parent. And so this person said they lost their parent and they feel like there's a stigma that they're damaged whenever someone hears that their parent died and they get scared. That could just be my perception, but maybe you can talk about the stigma or the perception and how to bring it up while dating. So I dated someone a few years ago and we we met on a dating app. We went on a few dates and it was, I think, the third date. For some reason, just parents and, and in general hadn't really come up on the first two dates. But then on the third date, it did. And I asked him, I think I asked like, are you more like your dad or more like your mom or, or like where does where do your parents live or something? And he had recently lost his dad. And he said something like, yeah, actually, like my dad uh, passed away a few months ago. And I was, there was literally zero stigma about it. I didn't think he was damaged at all. What I did feel was that I, like, I felt this kind of loyalty that I had to have to him, even if I wasn't necessarily feeling him as someone I was dating. I felt like I needed to, and and by the way, this was all probably in my head, but I felt like I needed to, like, be with him for longer if I wasn't interested because I didn't want to hurt him again after what he went through. And so it wasn't a stigma. It wasn't a damage thing. It was more of me feeling like I wanted to be there for this person, even though I didn't know them and the connection wasn't that strong. And so I think, like, I hope that there's not a stigma around it. I will say I I do have friends who have lost parents and they they tend to hold on to a relationship more or like keep their their exes for example in their lives because they have experienced such great loss that they don't want to go through any type of loss again but i will i really don't think it's something that should be a stigma like you're not damaged just because you went through this loss in fact i think that it makes you an even better person to have gone through something because most people, you know, a lot of people glide through life and they haven't really experienced like sadness. The last one is how to deal with your significant other when all of their friends are single. They're always planning nights out or trips where your partner wants to join and usually wants you there as well. You've gone out with them a couple of times, but it's not your ideal choice of vacation. You'd rather go somewhere with your partner alone. That's really tough because I feel like, especially with men, from my experience, they really want to be on the same wavelength as their friends. And they feel a, like a lot of FOMO when they are doing... Some, like They're not participating in the guy activity because they're with their girlfriend. And so I think it's really nice that you go when your partner invites you. But I think if it were me, I would say something like, I want you to go with your friends. You know, I trust you completely. But I also think it would be really nice if we could plan something just the two of us, because that's something that makes me really happy. And I know it's not an easy thing to say. And like, but if you're really on good terms with your partner and you just really understand each other, I think they'll understand where you're coming from. And they'll also appreciate the fact that you're not trying to take them away from their friends. In fact, you want them to be with their friends and you don't want to be there because you want them to have that like guy time or, you know, girl time if it were reverse. Anyway, I want you guys to get into the episode and I'm really excited for your thoughts. So... 
Here is Hunter. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with co-host of Ease Nightly Pop and Sugar Rush, Hunter March. Hey Hunter. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. I have to ask you before we do the background info on you, um, where'd the name Hunter come from? Was it something that your parents loved to do, like to hunt? Because I've always really been a fan of the name. I think my parents... Uh, they're not the best at naming. My brother was going to be a girl. Like they thought that he was going to be born as a mm. woman because he had such mm. a little, you know, they couldn't see it in the ultrasound. He had such a little <laughs> Peter. Uh, and if he was a girl, they were going to name him China. And oh. his name was going to be China Ray. China Ray, which either sounds like the wrestler or a stripper. And yeah, instead he came out with his tiny little Peter and his name's Dylan. And now it's Hunter and Dylan. And anytime people hear that, they go, wow, you do have the whitest parents in the entire world. And I go, yeah. (laughs) How did you guess? (laughs) Love it. Well, those are good names, though. I feel like those are very like ahead of the times when you were born. But I don't even know how old you are. So how old are you and where are you originally from? I'm 29 years old. I grew up in LA. So uh, in the San Fernando Valley. Los Angeles's armpit. And it was a good childhood. You know, I grew up, my parents were divorced. I spent time in like different parts of LA for most of my life. Mm, mm, Interesting. (laughs) Interesting that you shared that your parents are divorced because I didn't ask, but I feel like it's definitely like a part of you in a way. And I want to unpack that later. I have no idea what I'm getting into right now. I, <laughs> the fact that divorce is like um, something you're looking forward to means I'm in for a treat. No, I just, you know, I like, you know, we're a dating podcast. So obviously I want to know if that affects how you look at dating, mm. um, which I'm going to, I basically just asked you, but I'm going to ask you, you said that you're 29. So am I. Um, does that mean you're 91 or 90? 91. Okay. Interesting. You're younger than me. That's so funny. That always makes me feel like I have like, you know, a leg up on the conversation. I, you know, what's so Um, funny is I think the same thing. I love being younger than like a peer because I go, Ooh, I got time to beat you before you, you know, before I'm ever where you are. Is that weird? Yeah. Well, when we were younger, it was not cool to be the youngest. And now it's like so cool because it's like, and I mean, especially in LA, like where everyone's just dying to look younger than everyone else, you know? Yeah. I got gray hairs coming in and a beard. So people usually think that I'm older. Yeah. The beard definitely is an older thing, mm-hmm. but you look great. So my question to you is when is your birthday then? April 5th. I'm in Aries. Okay. You are in Aries. Do you subscribe to any of the astrology? Only when a girl oh. is interested in it and the horoscope happens to line up with, you know, my intentions. You know, if I like her and it's like, oh, it's super compatible, I go, I love this stuff. This is like, yeah, I'm all about horoscopes. And then if it doesn't line up, <laughs> I go, you believe this crap? Uh, <laughs> so does that mean you know the time you were born? I've been on enough dates and have been asked enough times in Los Angeles to figure this information out. I could like find it because my mom has given it to me, but I don't know it offhand. I think in the morning, 8 a.m. Okay, we'll we'll analyze you. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll work on analyzing you on the side while I ask you questions. Um, Wait, so 8 a.m. on on April what? If I'm going to find the real thing, let me me see if I can... If I can like Google what time was I born. Oh, I just wait, you're Googling the time of your birth. No, I'm searching within my text messages to my mother. Oh, and I okay. said, what time was I born? Okay. 820. Like, wow, there's everything. 828 PM. Out there. Okay. Wait on April. 5th. What? April 5th, April 5th, 828 PM. I think oh, I've done okay. like this one before and it was fairly accurate. I think, you know, it's, and you were born in LA, LA. I am so excited because Majuri just opened a store in Soho, or maybe it was open before and I just saw it, but I went by this weekend and there was a huge line outside and I was like, wow, they are absolutely crushing it. And it makes me so happy because I've been a huge supporter of Majuri for a while. They've been a huge supporter of the podcast. So we love them. And if you don't already know what Majuri is, it is very fine jewelry and it's handcrafted. It's ethically sourced, which we love. 
and it's made to last. So I never take off my jewelry. I wear it in the shower. I currently have the engraved horizontal bar necklace on and I put my earrings on or my rings on every so often, but I never take my horizontal bar necklace off. I rarely take my Libra ring off and I just love it. I also love that they have astrology incorporated jewelry, like amazing. And I love that it's just not too, like it's not one of those overpriced, you know, ridiculous ripoff jewelry. You actually get an amazing, amazing quality piece of jewelry. And I really want you to try it. I think you'll love it. And we're giving you 10% off your first order because trust me, you will love it. It's also a great gift for yourself or for others if their birthday's coming up. So just go to Majuri.com slash Acme and get 10% off your first order. Majuri, M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme or use code Acme10 at checkout. All right. Um, so let's talk about your parents' divorce. Do you think that that affects how you how you date and like think of relationships? I, I know. I know that it has. Mm-hmm. I heard this philosophy a while ago. Uh, just people who grew up in a divorced home think that it's you know it's not that they're necessarily different. I think it's the people who have parents who are together who maybe are given the impression that you can work through anything. And sometimes Mm. having parents who, you know, for better or for worse, stayed together. Some people take that as like, well, there's no reason to ever break up. I, on the other hand, think like people change. And Mm -hmm. even if that means, even if you change when you're 45 years old and you've been married for five to 10 years, hopefully you change together and it's a growth thing. But sometimes people are just people. We're fallible and we make mistakes and we do things that are sometimes unforgivable and I am now, maybe it's because I grew up in a divorced home, but I go, I don't want to be unhappy and I don't want you to be unhappy. We don't have a long time on this planet. Let's go find people we're happy with. Right. Unless you're happy, in which case that's amazing. Unless I'm happy and then I'm stoked. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little quick rundown on your chart. You're a Scorpio rising. So you come off very intense. Like you have like this like intense energy around you. Um, Interesting. And you're a Capricorn moon, which means you're very reserved emotionally. And like you actually do feel a lot, but like would never let on to people that you do. It's like very much in there. Wow. Um, And you have some sort of attachment with your mom, either positive or negative. Um, Capricorn (laughs) moons have mommy issues. I'm a Capricorn moon, so I'm allowed to say that because I experience the same shit. Um, your Venus is in Taurus, like meaning you might like to show your love in like a materialistic way, possibly, or like in a way that like you can like, I don't know, Taurus are all about like self-care. So like if you're self-caring together, I don't know, okay. maybe you like them. That's basically it. Your Mars is in Cancer and that's how you assert yourself. So you're, the Cancer is like the crab. So it's like you never know what you're going to get. Like you can either like react one way or react a totally different way and like no one really knows wow. what they're going to get, which is exciting for you as a host, you know? Okay. So that's you. Oh, and your Mercury is an Aries, so you communicate in a very direct way, almost to the point where like you say before you think. I think all of this is pretty true, uh, ex- mm. maybe except for like one or two tiny things that it just didn't perfectly line up. But I do think yeah. I feel a lot, usually living yeah. in a deep melancholy and performing mm. and kind of getting that validation is a huge source of uh, happiness for me. And that's what I've kind of been working on is just being happy without having to uh, dance around for people and make people laugh. But then I think to myself, why? You know, I got a short life. Might as well just perform the whole time if that's what makes me happy. There you go. And what's your current relationship status? Currently single. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was doing more dating over the last like couple of years since my breakup or I had like a breakup three years ago. And I was doing a decent amount of dating. And then I just this year was like, I should slow down probably and just spend some time with the uh, the old guy, me. And turns out that guy sucks. Uh, he like <laughs> being alone with me is just a lot of thinking. Hmm. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, what happened with the breakup? And how long were you guys together? We were together for five years. 
which was oh, wow. a V long time. We met when I was working at Starbucks. It's a cute story, but every cute story about an ex is takes away some of the cuteness of it. But mm. I was working at Starbucks and she came in with her mom. I talked to her mom. I said, Susan, is your sister single? And the mom was like, I was 18. Um, and she was like, she's my daughter, but yes. And then we set up a date. She didn't show up. And then three Ooh. years later on Easter day, again, because I met her on Easter, she texted me and was like, hey, Easter reminded me of the time you worked at Starbucks. Do you want to get together? And she came over that night and a lot of stuff. Ha- I don't know what the rating of this podcast is, but. You could say it. You had sex. Intercourse uh, and a decent <laughs> amount of it. And then five years went by and I think we were both. We got together when we were like 21, 22. And I feel like that is before you truly know yourself, especially in a relationship. First big relationship Mm -hmm. usually reveals a lot of those things about you and what you like and what you care about, what you value. And the things I started to value were things that she didn't and vice versa. And we didn't have a really open communication between us because it just kind of led to a lot of like, her being particularly sad about situations because she was dealing with some trying to figure out her life. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so it just became a lot of eggshells and then we didn't talk about stuff. And then there was resentment. And then there was one fight over like what we were going to have for dinner. It's like soup. And I don't ever yell. So just like calmly, I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Are we doing this? Are we happy? Is this what's going on? Yeah. And then we broke up. Yeah. Yeah, it's never about the soup. Someone told me a story once about a married couple and like the the guy comes back from work one day and the woman, like his wife had burned his lamb chops that he was very excited to eat. He's like, the fucking lamb chops, like huh? blah, blah, blah. They ended up getting divorced that night. Oh. And it's like, it's never about the lamb chops. Mm. It's never about the lamb chops. Like the lamb chops are like the straw that breaks the camel's back. But like, it wasn't about the soup, you know? No, it was not about the soup by any means. When was her birthday? Do you remember? Uh, nine, nine, eighty nine. Easy to remember. Okay. That is very easy to remember. So she was a little older than you. Yeah. I've always liked women who are older, taller, smarter, and mm. like just better. That's kind of my vibe. Yeah. I feel like most guys like that. Um, I feel like guys need to feel like they have like gotten this great thing in order to want to stay in it. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I've described uh, like being in love as you feel really lucky to be with them and they feel really lucky to to be with you. And I feel like that's that same idea. It's like you feel like, oh man, I can't believe this is happening. Can't believe they still like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that changes as I get older. You know, like I wonder if eventually I'm going to be like, oh, she likes me. I get that. And I like her and she gets that. And we're just comfortable and it's nice. Yeah. Well, I think you could still be comfortable if you feel lucky to be with each other. Totally. Yeah. I feel like you need to have like 90% security and like 10% insecurity about your partner. Yeah. I think that's good. Right. Cause like you, like you want to be like secure and comforted by being with them, but you also want to be like, Ooh, like what if they just like didn't come home one night, you know, I, but like, you know, that's not the case. Cause you have the 90%. Yeah. I am notoriously uh, a culprit of the chase of enjoying the chase. Mm. And I don't know if that's changed really because, you know, I haven't been in a relationship for so long, but there was definitely that element with both of my previous relationships. One was in high school, so it didn't really count. But there was this element of like, oh my God, they could they could walk away at any second. I've got to be great. And then yeah. I think sometimes, you know, you meet somebody who's great, but they really, really like you. And if you're not ready, completely ready for a relationship and completely know who you are, that can be scary. Right. I mean, I think it's scary in general to be with someone who's so made up their mind about you. Mm. Like no matter girl or guy, like it's like, mm, I want you to still have like that 10%, maybe uncertainty. Um, but I feel like that, like, and not to bring a science back into it, but that's for sure an Aries thing. Like the person that you will end up with has to be someone who you are always thinking like challenges you and always like 
you know, that you feel like you have to step up your game with. Don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with the fact that I get to do this job, which is my passion. And I'm so grateful for it. But something that comes with the job that I do is pretty much staring in front of computer screens and phone screens, especially all the time. And my vision sucks. Like, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I have minus 4.75 and minus 4.5 in my eyes. I've been wearing contacts forever. And I'm actually not a candidate for LASIK because my eyes continue to get worse and worse and worse. So I was like, I need to invest in something that's going to make me happy. And that's why I'm so obsessed with Blue Blocks. If you haven't already heard of Blue Blocks, it's basically these amazing blue light glasses that are backed by science that, you know, essentially helps your eyes in so many different ways. I mean, it's like we get blurred vision and headaches and watery eyes and it can really contribute to having low energy and depression. But what's so great about Blue Blocks is that, you know, it basically takes all of that away and it helps you sleep better when you're wearing these glasses. So you basically put them on when you're looking at your screens and you just feel so much better. You get your energy back. You sleep so much better. It's just like a a whole new world. And plus they're trendy and have like really cute options to choose from. They've got over 20 frames and it can be prescription, non-prescription and reader glasses, which is awesome. And I really want you to check it out. I'm going to post mine on Instagram so you can see what mine look like. But seriously, just get your energy back, sleep better, and block out the unhealthy effectives of blue light with blue blocks. You will not regret it. If you're someone that has to be in front of your screens, this will really help you. If you go to Blue Blocks website today, you'll get free shipping worldwide and 15% off with our code ACME. So it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Use code ACME. You'll get 15% off blueblocks.com. Use code ACME. I was doing some stalking of your videos on the Nightly Pop Instagram. Okay. And on one of them, you talked about your Hinge profile. I don't know if that was like sponsored or if you just like (laughs) actually have a Hinge profile. Um, But you were talking about one of your prompts and it was like a really bad one. The girls were making fun of you. Something about like, I would trade my kidney for like a better kidney or something. (laughs) Even Um, when somebody else says it, I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny, Um, but it's not horrible. Like I've seen, I've seen worse. Um, What are your hinge prompts? I don't, I don't have dating apps anymore. I, I, as someone who is like, again, I know my vices and one of my biggest vices is like the hate of being alone. And so like I use dating as a way to kind of fill that void a little bit and always got this opportunity to make somebody like me, which could be a mommy issue thing. You know, I need somebody, I need a woman to be like, Hey, you're doing great. But I deleted all the apps. I don't watch porn anymore just because it's just, it's not good for your brain. I've like, I turned my phone off at 9 PM to 9 AM because that's when all the bad text messages and planning of things happen when you're like alone in the dark and you're like, I need somebody. So I don't have the dating apps yeah. anymore. But when I did, I think you just said one of them. My brother ended up using all of my prompts once I got off because he thought that they were fun. But that's hilarious. Another one that I want was like, or another one that I had was like, I'm looking for a, a real, a real girl. Like not a fake girl, but a girl who's real and she but she feels fake. It was like very long-winded, but funny <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of realized, I think I used hinge prompts and my humor, especially the kidney, better kidney kind of thing. I use that as a way to be like, if you don't think that this is, if this is a turnoff to you, this type of weird, depraved humor, um, Mm. then I have got bad news about the rest of the relationship. It's just not going to pan out. That's fair. So I tried to be very me in the prompts. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am like a curator of friends' hinge profiles. Um, I'm in a relationship, so I'm like thrilled <laughs> to get to like do takeovers for them yeah. on their hinge. And one of my friends, the prompt was like, a life goal of mine is... And I, th- I still think it's so funny. It's actually not that funny and probably cringe. And you probably heard it a million times, but I wrote to join Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. It gets bites. Like it does well for her. I, I just remembered what my other one was. You want to hear it? What? Yeah. My last meal would be dot, 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 sad. <laughs> That's good. That's actually good. That's my favorite of all three. Um, but going back to like the one that you said was like, I want someone who's fake, but real, like a real girl who's looks fake, whatever. Yeah. Um, you live in LA and like every, every girl in LA has had something done to their face. And like, I'm in New York, I'm from New York, born and raised. I have not done anything yet, but I am turning 30 on Monday. So like, you know, who knows what'll happen after that. But what do you like, like, have you kind of changed your taste to be like, oh yeah, I kind of like like the Botox filler look or are you looking for like a natural person in a sea of like unnatural? In a sea of unnatural. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one because I feel like men have two brains and I'm sure some women do too. And I'm sure some men don't, but I think stereotypically like there really is this super primitive part of our brain that goes wide hips, lots of boobs to make sure that there's milk for everybody. Like it is, it's innate in us Mm -hmm. and it's like super biological. But then I also feel like, and now again, that part of the brain is so dumb because it's when we were cavemen that people have learned you can fake it and a guy doesn't go, oh, that's fake. He might think it, but he's still attracted to it for the same reasons. It's like, what a weird thing to like. More meat in the boob area, but not anywhere else you know it's like it's a strange thing to be attracted to so are you saying that's what you're attracted to like you're a, a quote-unquote boob guy i think there's a part of uh every guy that's a, a boob guy but for me if if it was between that and the other option the butt probably more of a butt guy mm-hmm. uh but okay i have dated uh people of all shapes and sizes and i kind of realized that none of that stuff really is going to make for a good relationship. Like as much as it could be attractive in the beginning, no matter what, it's going to change shape or you're just going to lose attraction to it because you've been together for years, uh, years and years Mm. and years and you had kids, whatever. So I'm starting to, I've I've started to value other things like a personality. Have you heard of that? It's yeah, that's huge. That's a huge thing. Super important. So important. You mentioned that you turn your phone off. Hold on. My foot just fell asleep. From 9 p.m. Tell me if I got this right. To 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Is that true? Uh-huh. Okay. That is like sociopath 101. <laughs> like straight up. I had an ex that did that and he actually was a sociopath. Um, Yikes. What? Why? Why are you doing that? Well, I get told I'm a sociopath by everybody who knows my tendencies, like Nina and Morgan on Nightly Pop and some of my friends. I just really love, like, I really don't like being out of control. Like, I think that's a very scary thing for me, which is why I didn't drink or do any drugs for a very long time. Like, I drank for the first time at 27 and there was no religious reason. There was no, it was just the fear of being out of control and like having addiction in my family. So. Like if I would end up texting somebody at 1030 because I was just bored and wanted to hang out with somebody, inevitably the next day, I'd be like, why did you do that? You now have plans with somebody that you don't want to hang out with. That was just kind of in a moment of insecurity. And I realized that most of that happens at nine after 9 p.m., like after dinner and I'm sitting watching TV. And then the 9 a.m. thing is I wake up around 730 and I try and do my like morning routine. And I just don't want to look, Mm. if I look at my phone, I know that I'm going to get less stuff done and it's going to be a less focused uh, meditation or less focused, like stretching and working out. If that's what I'm doing in the morning, reading phones are horrible. They're so bad for your brain. But don't you record your, your show at like after 9 PM or no? No, we shoot during the day and then it airs at night. Okay. Yeah. It's not live. Okay. 
Have you ever turned your phone on at 9am and there was nothing? Like no text, nothing. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of you that kind of fears that a little bit, but I yeah. not anymore. Like I'm almost thankful on days that that doesn't happen because I've got such a like, like I just despise the feeling of needing to look at my phone. Like when I turn it off at 9 p.m. and I feel myself being like, oh, let me check my phone. I go, ugh, you did that like 20 times, like the first week right. after I started this right. trend. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Before we get into this, we're going to end with like this really fun rapid fire question thing. Ooh. But before we do that, I also saw a video of you saying, um, well, two two things. I saw one of you like joking that you never got over like some girl who cheated on you. I don't know if that's a real thing or like a bit. Um, it's a bit. But I did want to... Okay, okay. F- fine, fine. <laughs> okay, but the other thing was that you just... You were like, I just want a girl who thanks me for dinner or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if this is another bit, but I am like a huge thing that I tell my listeners, my female heterosexual listeners is to not send a thank you text to a guy after a date. Um, I don't want a thank you text. That's fucking weird. I want, okay, good, good, good. I pay for something. uh, And it's like, just, just because I would do it. If someone held the door open for me, if I, if I like do something nice, I just, I don't know why it's probably, linked to something fucked up in my brain, but I like thank yous. I like being super appreciative for other people. And if I were to like, I went, this happened once I was traveling in Europe and I matched with a girl on a dating app when I was out there because I was traveling by myself. So that was like my way of like meeting people in the area. And she was from like America. So it wasn't even, but she was just living in Spain at the time. And we go to this like little outdoor market area and there's like a hundred shops and we go to like 10 of them. And I'm happy to pay for everything. But like I bought so many little things and she didn't say thank you once. And at that point, it was just like a game to me. I was like, I wonder if it'll be this next one that she'll like say thanks. Like just a thanks. I don't need her to grovel. I don't even, I don't want right. that. I just want like, oh, thank you. Nothing. And I just realized maybe some people, maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's subconsciously. Maybe they just have been trained like a man should do that for you, which is fine. I also agree that a man should offer to pay. At least I should. I don't know why I think that, but I just, I don't know. I think you seem so insignificant and simple. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And like, I don't know this person, but it doesn't sound like they have manners really. I mean, that's I, what I, I think like, it is. I would, it's manners. I don't like that. But what do you, okay. Yeah. You as, as the dating expert in this particular situation, do you think I'm crazy for expecting a thank you at the end of like a meal if I no. pay for it? Okay. No, you better get a thank you. I think what I think is after the person thanks you on the date, them sending another thank you text the next day is ridiculous. Yeah, don't like, do that. How, like you you thanked them on the date. And if you didn't thank them on the date, then that's an issue in itself. You yeah. Know? If they didn't thank me on the date and then I got a text the next morning being like, hey, I blanked after dinner. I just want to say thanks. I would, that would be a nice uh, reparation. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. So before we get into the rapid fire, if you're not dating right now, like how could someone try to date you who's maybe listening to this? <laughs> who's like, I want to date this guy. Am I going to get DMs from this? You are. Do you check them? Because they'll, they'll be coming in. I check my DMs. Um, not from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., but I check them. Um, I... <laughs> Yeah, they could DM me. I mean, the, I get so many like interesting forms of the slide. A lot of guys are very, very forward, and I got bad. Mm. I got bad news for them. And then mm. the women, I've gotten so many funny ones lately because I feel like it's become more talked about and more accepted for a woman to slide into a guy's DMs over this last like sure. year, especially. So now I get people just like sending their phone number, or like they'll be very forward and be like, "Hey, I'm." I live an hour away from you and I'm willing to drive up right now and do whatever you want. And then I'm like, Ugh. Oh, I don't like that. That's so creepy. No, I don't like it either. It was a super weird two weeks of dating her. And then it was, we were done. 
People ask me all the time, actually, like, I really want to slide into this guy's DM. What do I say? But it's usually a guy that, like, they know. It's not, like, a guy who's, like, a more, like, public figure or, like, influencer type guy. Right. And I usually tell them not to do it. But I guess, I guess I think that they could do it if they were saying something funny. Well, that's what I'll say. I'll be like, unless you have something really funny to say... Um, my friend actually told me that someone slid into her brother's DMs with like a resume of why he should date her, which is kind of funny. Like if you do it well, if you do it up, you know. You know what the problem is with the DMs is almost no matter what you say, it's going to come down to your Instagram and how you look. Because I don't know this person and they don't know me. So there's very little to judge on. So like someone could send me an emoji, but if they're perfectly my type, I'm going to respond to the thing and they could send me a resume, but if it's just not a a physical match or there's no spark, as funny Mm -hmm. as I think it might be, I think there is like a little bit of nudge there. I just think guys are dumber than women really anticipate. We just, we are just dumb guys. Yeah. I mean, I know that. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe other women don't, but I literally... Every time someone's like, I don't understand. We were talking all night on Tinder and he added me on Instagram. And all of a sudden he goes to me like, I don't get it. I'm like, well, he looked at your Instagram and he didn't like what he saw. So he didn't talk to you. Like, it's just so simple, you know? Can I ask you a Um, question? Yeah. So I was out on a date with somebody who we had this really open communication. She did a lot of like... uh, therapy for like people in outpatient programs. So she's used to getting men to kind of open up to her. And I'm a pretty open book when it comes to talking about my feelings, but actually exposing my feelings is a different story. Like being genuinely vulnerable is pretty difficult for me. So anyway, we had this super honest conversation. And on the date, she asked me, she's like, what do you normally do when uh, you don't like somebody after a date? And I was like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard not to like, slowly ghost somebody because it's been like two dates and then you're or one date and you go, what are you supposed to mm. say? Like, Hey, just no spark. It's almost presumptuous to assume that, you know, it feels that way. Sometimes you're like, Oh, well you thought I really wanted a date. You said so to like come up with this thing. But I told her, I was like, Hey, how about this? After our date, let's just be really honest with each other. We can use it as practice. If one of us doesn't want to go out with the other person. Great. And I had a nice time with her and the next, like a few days later, I texted her. I said, Hey, when you get back from your trip, I'd love to go on a second date. It wasn't like I wasn't head over heels, but I was like, I had a nice time with this person. Regardless, I'd like to talk to him again. And then she said a really nice thing. She's like, you're very smart. You're funny. You're a great guy. Great catch. There was just no spark for me. And I was like, Oh, that was so much easier than I paint it in my mind. And it didn't hurt. I was like, great. Why don't I do that? But I also wonder if it's different. Like if a woman received that text, after a date or two dates or three dates. Is that worse than a slow ghost? So no. And we are like huge, like basically what I preach is the anti-ghost text. And I'll read it to you. And it's a text that I've now, you know, had as a highlight on my Instagram for men and women alike to use. Give it to me. And there's a few, there's a few options, but basically this is the text. I think, I think her text was good for a guy, but I don't think that text specifically would have been good in reverse. So the text is, Hey, I had a really nice time with you and you're clearly a great, let's say girl, right? You're clearly a great girl. I'm feeling more of a friend vibe between us. I hope that's okay to say and wish you all the best in the future. Hold on. Hold on. There's another, there's another option. Okay. I've been thinking about you and think you're great, but I didn't feel a strong connection between us. I don't want to waste your time if I don't think it's a good fit to keep hanging. I hope that's all right to say like this. Really wish the best for you from here. I like the second option better because if the first thing, if I said the first thing, I think we we make better friends. And then a week later she goes, hey, do you want to hang out as friends? Then I got to send her another text that says, hey, I really think you're a good girl, but I just don't want to, I just think we're more acquaintances. No, but there was no, nothing alluded to the fact that a friendship was in the cards. It was just that you're feeling more of a friend vibe, aka not feeling a spark. Got it. But a nicer way to say it, I think. Okay. And you think that that's an appropriate message to send to a lady? 
All right, let's come up with it then. If you think that there's a better one, let's let's ad lib this text, right? So if it were me, I definitely wouldn't want to hear not a spark. I honestly, I think honestly, I'd rather hear a lie. I'd rather hear, hey, you're awesome. Like you are hysterical. I had the best night with you. You're beautiful, gorgeous, stunning. I actually, to be completely honest with you, I'm working some things out with my ex still. And I'm not completely over it. And I don't want to, you know, put you in a weird situation. I honestly, I would rather hear that, I think, than to hear um, just didn't just didn't feel a spark. Because then I would feel like, hmm, like why? You know, I would still need answers. Whereas the X thing... You can't fight it. You know, a white lie. You can't fight it. Right. I'm not going to be like, well, what does she have that I don't, you know? <laughs> What's her like, Instagram? Yeah. Um, I, all right. How about this? We're doing the lying thing where it's just a little white lie. It doesn't really matter. What if I send the text and it's this, Hey, I had an amazing time with you. I think you're incredible. Unfortunately, I'm going to be one of the people going to Mars on this first expedition and the training (laughs) starts this evening. So for that reason, too big, it's too big. Hold on. You don't know. Cause you haven't figured out where it goes. Okay. It's I can't even text when I'm in this thing because it's so secretive. So don't even respond. <laughs> and I wish you the best of luck. Don't mention <laughs> me moving forward. I will have erased off the planet. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, I think so too. I'd rather the X thing. I think if I have to hear the truth, like I have to like gun to my head, then saying like, hey, you're amazing and someone's going to be so lucky to, you know, have you. No, for me, I'm never going to say that to a girl. Like, yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. So, no, no, no. It's so hard. Because that what that feels like is it feels patronizing. It feels like, hey. Yeah, you're right. It's it's condescending. Yeah, I'm breaking. I'm ending it with you. And I, it's like, don't worry. You'll be okay, sweetie. I know I'm flinging you into a deep depression right now. I just want to <laughs> yeah. also simultaneously pull you out a little bit and let you know that it's going to be okay. You're going to meet some yeah. six out of 10 and you're going to fall in love. Yeah. Well, I talked about this with my boyfriend's friends the other day. And I was like, what do you say when it's, you know, a no-go? And they're like, work got so busy. I'm so busy at work. Like, I just got all this shit on my plate. Like, I I just, we have a huge board meeting. I've done that. And I'm like, you really... That's a slow ghost. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, you really just would never be like, it just didn't. And they were like, no, work is always busy. <laughs> yeah. I, and I was like, okay. I've made a conscious effort to stop the slow ghosting, which I usually would have done something like that. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. Things have been so crazy lately. Uh, I'll let you know when I free up, which will probably be in the next like couple weeks, mm. and then hopefully they don't yeah. respond in a couple weeks. I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's as close to honesty as we can really ask for as like sensitive creatures. Speaking for myself, um, I don't know how sensitive you know other women are, but for me, that's fine. Mm. I, that's okay. I, I would I would read between the lines there. Okay, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire poll questions. Is there a difference between I love you and love you? Yeah, for sure. Okay. They call you a slut during sex. Red flag. If I'm calling a girl a slut? Yeah. No, I it, you vibe it out. There are certain moments where, where we all want to be a little slutty and do some very gross things to each other. Uh, and let's let's call a spade a spade. We're both being sluts in the moment. No, I think you need permission to call a girl a slut. Okay. Even if it's during sex. But I think you don't, on the first date, call someone a slut in bed. But if you've been dating and you're at the point where you're now doing some weird stuff, I think you vibe it out. I think as soon as you go, hi, I'm before, and thank you so much for pulling my pants out. Before we get going, can I... (laughs) And call you a dirty little slut. You know, like I think that at that point, it doesn't matter. No, it's, it's, gone. it's a dinner conversation with like, hey, is name calling something that you're into during sex? And they're like, yeah, for sure. Or they're like, no, that fucking would make me livid. <sighs> I'd be done with you. You know, I, I think you there's two different types of people. There's people who are pretty intuitive. And then there are people who are completely cannot read a room to save their life. I'm very intuitive. I would never do that with somebody who I thought would be offended. 
And on the off chance it happened, I'd be profusely sorry. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I literally is not a reflection of you at yeah. all. It was in the moment. And now I know and I'll never do it again. Okay. Fine. I agree to disagree. Are there specific? Yeah. Are there specific things you should be asking on the first few dates or should you just get the feeling that the person's right for you? Things you should be asking versus get the feeling. That's interesting. I'm, I love getting deep into some, you know, like what's your, what's your trauma kind of conversation on mm. a first date. If, if they're open to it, I'm always open to it. If I think it's that type of conversation. And I think like for me, just the self-awareness is like probably the most attractive thing. Someone who, I don't care if the girl's like super, if I'm always going to be second to work, I just want her to, to know that I'm always going to be second to work and be like aware. Like if she's like, if I'm dumb, I want to be aware that I'm dumb. I think that's more attractive than, I don't know if that makes sense. Okay. I like asking questions though. Not really, but so questions <laughs> is, is your answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your significant other says offensive words, but says that he doesn't mean them maliciously. It's just how he grew up. Red flag or deal breaker? I, just in the light of comedy, I think there's certain words you just don't say ever, no matter who yeah. you are. But I think you should be able to say some darker jokes. And if you're with someone who likes that stuff or who doesn't mind, then I think that's totally okay. Um, do you, I feel so uh, much judgment thing? right now with some of these answers. No, no judgment. Like literally no judgment. Okay. Are you dating to date or to marry? I think recently it's changed to dating to marry. But my every once in a while, there might be a dating to date in there. Okay. If your partner asks you, do I look fat in this? And they do. Should you answer honestly? No. Yes or no? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, never. No fights in the first one and a half years, but then all of a sudden you're fighting like cats and dogs. Is it over? Yes or no? It's not necessarily over. I think... You just had to figure out what those fights are rooted in. Why are you having it? Yeah. I f- mm. See if you can get over. I feel like there's like a one year slump, not slump, but like one year, like what's happening? Like we're out of the honeymoon phase. I think are we gonna you're survive? humans. And so it's not that you're different. You're only different in that first year and that you're super infatuated with the other person and you're like trying so hard to make them like you. But then after that, you go back to what you were like as a regular human. And in that moment, right. you know, we see who you really are facts. Someone who posts their significant other all the time on Instagram, genuinely happy or trying to prove that they're genuinely happy? I think it's trying to prove. I'm not a big fan of posting other people on social media. Like, I don't know. Like I would never post my kids on social media. I think it's just kind of same with like, yeah, but that's different. You're not like trying to prove that you love your kids. If you post them. Sure. I would post my partner sparingly just to, you know, like let other warn other women to stop DMing me, but um that doesn't always work anyway. They still DM. That's true. People are savage. You always get tired of a stable relationship after a couple of months. Your own problem or haven't met the right person? It depends on how many years of this pattern you've been going through. I would say you just ask yourself why it keeps happening. Go to therapy. That could be the answer to yeah, all these. Always. Do you go to therapy? Mm-hmm. I like it. That's great. Um, we just, I love it. Me and my therapist just talk about like the inevitability of, of death and how no one's going to remember you. So you've got to like figure out what your purpose is now while you're still alive. Mm. And I go, so it's like a dark, a dark, but necessary conversation to have. Yeah. So with that, Hunter, <laughs> can you leave us with a, we'll say positive a quote or piece of advice that someone has given you over the years that has stuck with you? Yeah. Can I tell you a story that I heard that I really love? Okay. It's like an hour and a half long. Do you have a minute? (laughs) Okay. No, it's quick. Uh, It's something that I think I apply to my life a little bit, but I think it can easily be applied to any relationship. It's this old, uh, old, very sage man uh, talking to his son, uh, his grandson, and, and the old man says there's a, a war between two two wolves fighting inside me and always will be until the day that I die. And then the kid goes, well, who are the wolves? And the old man says, one is love and one is hate. And the little boy, his grandson says, well, who's going to win? And the old man says, whichever one I feed. 
Mm. And that for me is very good for my life. It's just like when you have these thoughts that bring on negativity, it's going to take over whatever part of your brain is having those emotions. It's going to affect your mood. It's going to affect everything. And I think that's very applicable in a relationship. You can get caught in these cyclones of negativity and you just got to ask yourself, am I putting my energy into the right side of the battle right now? Because if I love the person, how can I remedy this with love as opposed to hate? That is extremely wise for someone who's not in a relationship. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Thank you for that. I don't know what's going on. I also cook. You well, know, it's weird. Maybe after this, uh, <laughs> the DMs will be blowing up so much that you'll have to read them before 9 p.m. Um, Hunter, where can everyone find you, follow you, watch you, listen to you, etc.? Uh, you can find me on Instagram is probably the best place at Hunter March and then watch Nightly Pop, usually 11.30 p.m. on E! during the week and then Sugar Rush on Netflix. Uh, enjoy. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you, Lindsay.